Welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series, which can be heard on VHHA.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get podcasts. We're a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, the Virginia Audio Collective, and the Family Podcast Network. And we're on the radio each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, 107.7 FM, and 8.20 a.m. across Central Virginia, and 16.50 a.m. in Hampton Roads, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. That's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. I'm Selena Lorth, VHHA, and today we're pleased to be joined by Dr. Yeti Shobo, Director of the Virginia Healthcare Workforce Data Center at the Virginia Department of Health Professions. Dr. Shobo joins us for a conversation about healthcare workforce shortages, data-driven decision-making, and more. With that, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you again for being with us. I think it's safe to say the general public has at least passing awareness of the ways in which the COVID-19 pandemic altered how people work as well as workforce participation rates, which some would say never fully recovered to their previous levels following the Great Recession of 2008. Workforce challenges abound across many industries, including healthcare. National analyses suggest a shortage of tens of thousands of nurses and physicians in the coming years as baby boomers age into retirement and healthcare utilization rises. Here in Virginia, hospitals and other providers continue to face a double whammy of elevated staffing costs and unfilled jobs. As you survey the healthcare employment landscape, what observations do you have? Well, um, like you rightly mentioned, COVID resulted in a lot of burnouts of, you know, different types of healthcare professions. And over the past couple of years, well, you know, with, within the COVID pandemic, one of the things we did was look at unemployment and also underemployment in Virginia. And what we found was some professions were affected more than others. So the professions that are, you know, involved things that were not imagined, you know, a lot of the dental profession was affected. Unemployment was really high amongst the dentists and dental hygienists, among some of the allied professions like physical therapy, physical therapist assistant. So while well, you don't see the same high unemployment amongst nurses because they are very much needed. So one of the things we saw was differences in how the pandemic affected different professions. A lot of those professions have now recovered, but Amongst the ones where you didn't have the high unemployment, now you are having burnout. We are seeing higher retirement intentions among some of the professions. People are thinking of maybe leaving earlier than um, what they had planned before. So, you know, one of the things we hope to do is just to keep our eyes on, you know, what is happening and to keep um, looking at things and seeing how we need to do better workforce planning, healthcare workforce planning specifically for the future. Do you wish you could focus on practicing medicine without all the distractions? Covaris is here to help. As a leader in medical professional liability insurance with more than 45 years experience, Covaris provides insurance protection with data-driven predictive modeling to help you mitigate the risk of claims. By combining insurance protection with risk analytics services, you can reduce distractions and focus on improving clinical, operational, and financial outcomes. Covaris is reinventing what you should expect from your medical professional liability provider. Find out all Covaris can offer you at covaris.com. That's C-O-V-E-R-Y-S.com. 
Insurance products issued by Medical Professional Mutual Insurance Company and its insurance subsidiaries, Boston, Massachusetts. And continuing on that path, please tell our listeners about the Virginia Healthcare Workforce Data Center at the Virginia Department of Health Professions. As I understand it, the Workforce Data Center is charged with collecting and assessing data on Virginia's healthcare workforce through annual professional surveys of doctors and nurses, for example, developing data dashboards and other tools. The Department of Health Professions is a licensure agency for clinicians, among other functions. Those are fairly simplistic descriptions. What more can you share about the work of these agencies and how it benefits the public? Thank you for that question. So the Healthcare Workforce Data Center assesses issues of supply and demand with regards to healthcare workforce. We look at about 80 professions and over close to half a million healthcare practitioners licensed in Virginia. Um, So we do serve as a repository for important data on the state healthcare workforce. Um, We collect a lot of data from licenses when um, practitioners are licensing. We also do surveys. Some professions are surveyed annually, some are surveyed every other year. And this data we collect allows us to be able to examine trends and some of the critical indicators that we need to do healthcare workforce planning. For example, we have questions on when people plan to retire, what specialty, they are in, what education level they have, what Virginia county or city they work in. So all this allows us to be able to look at healthcare workforce issue in Virginia. And I think one of the things the center does that is really critical is that we act as a data translator. So we take all this important data and we try to present it in ways that are easily accessible online and also easily understandable by the general public and decision makers. We work with several researchers and also people in state agencies, universities to explore important issues that are related to the healthcare workforce in the state of Virginia. And Dr. Shebo, your professional background is in research, data and policy analysis, and project management. You just shared some insight about the work of the Healthcare Workforce Data Center. What are some goals or objectives you have in your role as director? Some of the goals I have in my current role is one one of the things we struggle with that in the healthcare workforce planning that we struggled with is de- designing a model, a supply-demand model for healthcare workforce so that we can better plan, we can better work with like higher institutions of education to say, you know, this is what we project will be our need in the next couple of years. Can we, you know, make sure we enroll enough students to meet this need? So that is one thing that nationally, statewide, we struggled with, and that is top on my priority to be able to, you know, create such a model. Currently, I've actually worked on creating, you know, a small portion of that model I have on our website, one of the dashboards we have looks at demand and supply, but just for primary care physicians. So we can look at what is the supply today, what we estimate the supply will be in 10 years time, what will the demand be, and do we have a gap? Do we have enough people? Will we have too many people? You know, just to try to forecast to the best of our ability given current trends in the healthcare workforce. So I hope to expand that further 
to have it in other professions and in all the different healthcare settings that we have so that we can better plan to have sufficient healthcare workforce for the state of Virginia. At VHHA, we can certainly appreciate that data-informed approach. As you probably know, our data analytics team has produced many public-facing data dashboards on topics such as hospital price transparency and financial assistance policies, inpatient behavioral health volumes, a dashboard on COVID-19 hospitalizations that has now been viewed more than 7 million times, and many other data tools to help educate hospital stakeholders and the public. As someone who also works in this space, tell us about your belief in the power of data to tell us more about strengthening the healthcare delivery system. Thank you. Yeah, so we do have several products. Like you said, we have the profession reports, which are more comprehensive reports at the state level of different trends and indicators for the healthcare workforce. But we also have dashboards. The dashboard allows the different users to customize data to what they want. You know, what professions are they interested in? What year? What region? So it puts the power in the hand of the person creating the query and it's very user friendly. So anybody more or less can use it. And that has, we have seven different dashboards that target different audiences. Some target students. So for example, students can go to what to the student choice dashboard and say, this is how many years I want to spend in college. This is how much I want to make. What possible healthcare careers can I explore in college? And the dashboard will inform them. It will also show them, you know, what their potential student debt to income ratio will be so that our students in the Commonwealth can make informed decisions as they pursue future healthcare career. We also have, you know, dashboards on things that are going on in the economy right now, like trends in the healthcare and social assistance industry, whether jobs are increasing, whether they are declining, what is the state of non-farm jobs in the Commonwealth, how the trend is going. So we have a wealth of information in there that the general public can take advantage of and explore issues that are interesting to them. And before we go, it's a tradition on our podcast to ask our guest a pair of personal questions. So to keep things interesting, we've got a list of 10 mystery questions from which you can choose. So if you would, could you please pick two numbers between 1 and 10, and I'll ask you the corresponding questions. Okay, that's interesting. Let me pick six. Awesome. Okay, number six. In the hypothetical scenario that you had one-time access to a time machine with limits, you can either travel 100 years into the past or 100 years into the future. Which direction do you choose and why? I think I'll probably prefer to travel into the past because one, I already know the information about the past. The future, even though I'm somebody that works on projecting into the future, we know how different things can, I guess, get things out of track. You know, nobody ever predicted COVID something like COVID could happen. So I think the past I'm more comfortable with because I've read about it, I've been part of it, I've, you know, listened to it, I know what it's about. The future, I feel, you know, it's anybody's guess what it could be. You know, even with our best plans and intention, we may not be able to accurately predict the future. So I'll stick with the past. Thank you. And do you want to pick one more number? Let me pick number eight. All right. Number eight, tell me one memory from your life that whenever you think of it, it makes you smile. Oh, that is, I'm, I'm sifting through the my memory 
card right now. And I will have to say one of my best memories will be having my children. Uh, I have two daughters. And having the first one, she is 12. She's going to be 13 in November. And then my baby is nine. She's going to be 10 at the end of September. So I think having new life just, you know, does something wonderful to everybody. Everybody comes together, celebrate new life. So I think looking back, that will be one of the best memories I have. And I think it's made me also a better it's made me improve in my work because I want to do work that my children, you know, proud of. Um, I get to go at times to their school to do career presentation and show them what I do, but also try to customize it to the, to what the kids will be interested in. So like I might look at maybe the number of boys and girls and look at the trends in their school in terms of enrollment. And the kids find that, you know, like just trying to make statistics user-friendly and attractive and bringing it down to the level of the kids where they find interest in what I'm presenting. So I've been to their schools a couple of times to do such presentations. So, you know, I try to do my work that in mind that hopefully, you know, in improving the next generation and trying to help prepare the next generation to be, you know, part of the healthcare workforce, but also part of the people that plan for the healthcare workforce. So, uh, you know, that is one of the things I, I think I look back with fondly and um, I'm proud to be, proud to be a mom. I love I love that answer as well. I love both of your answers. And that brings us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. And we want to once again thank our guest, Dr. Yeti Shibo, for joining us today. So thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>